Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We are very, very glad that you are with us this evening, and uh, we're so thankful for time together. I just had a thought, and that's okay. Now I'm good with my thought. Um, we uh, have been in a series talking about you have the words of life. We're looking at things that Jesus has said. We're studying them. We're taking time to reflect on them um, as well as looking at things Jesus said. I'm also sort of giving you a, a devotional tool, I believe, in, in one of the things I like to do, which is to take a verse or two of, of Scripture and then dwell on it for the course of a week and really think about what comes out of that and, and ask God to help us use our holy imagination to really dig into it and and uh, invite the Holy Spirit, you know, to, to illuminate the Word to us that it would come to life. And, um, it, you know, my hope would always be that um, your relationship with the Bible is like that, that you understand that it's, it's alive and that it should be impacting you. And it should never be a chore. It should be a joy to um, take some time to read the Word on a, on a very regular basis. We'll talk more about that actually next week. But uh, uh, we've been digging in this together and looking at some of the fascinating things that Jesus has said. Um, today we, we, we have look, we're going to look at something that Jesus said that I think is really, really neat and that it ties in very well with Mother's Day, which we're also celebrating this weekend. So we're excited about that process as well. So that's where we're heading today. And we're going to be talking about joy today, as a matter of fact. No one can take your joy from you. That's something that Jesus says. That's an amazing amazing verse and truth. So, intro, transition, always a bad joke. This is a bad joke in honor of Mother's Day. This guy was sitting at his usual spot in the morning for breakfast. He's sitting at the table. He's reading the paper, and he's just kind of hanging out there, and he's reading this article about this beautiful actress that was about to marry a football player who was known primarily for his sort of lack of IQ and common knowledge. Not one of the brightest people around. And he turns to his wife and with a look of question on his face, he says, you know, I'll never understand why the biggest schmucks get the most attractive wives. And his wife looks at him and says, why, thank you, dear. No? Happy Mother's Day? Okay. <laughs> oh, well. Whatever. <laughs> Scripture reading. Here on purpose. John 16, beginning in verse 17. Some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I want to focus in on those last two verses 21 and 22 a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come but when her baby is born she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you now is your time of grief but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I love that thought. No one will take 
away your joy. So that's what I want to talk about with you today. First point in your notes is this. This is how this all works together. It's all about finding joy in the Lord. Finding joy in the Lord. Now, in this series, we've said this numerous times, and, and if you've come here for any length of time, you'll hear me say this, that real, full, and abundant life, now and forever life, is found in the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that, that as we walk with Jesus, we never have any difficult things happen or that we never go through um, hard situations. Um, but, but life, the life that God has created us for is found in following after Him, in, in, uh, in loving Him, in doing things His way. And, and the joy of the Lord, I believe, isn't a... Because sometimes we settle for like a fake kind of joy. Uh, you know, it, it's, or we think that joy is, is always, you know, it's like this real happy thing. Joy is, real joy is different. Um, joy is something deep within us. Joy is something that allows us to be at rest um, even when things are a little chaotic. And, and that's the kind of joy that we find in the Lord. Not something fake, not that you plaster on it. Some people say, well, what does fake joy look like? And I love this example. I will share it with you again. Fake joy looks like this. The, it looks like a, a beauty pageant. You've seen a beauty pageant, right? On TV or somewhere. You've seen a beauty pageant. And it gets down to the last two contestants. You know where I'm at with this. And they're standing there and they're, yeah, they're all excited. They're all excited. And they announce the winner. Um, fake joy is number two. Whatever that response is, that's fake. All right? So, so that's kind of the, the fake process because that's really not what they're thinking. And, you know, you, you sort of wonder. You can't imagine them not thinking, I hope that you've done something that comes to light so I can be number one because I was that close and now I'm not. And, and uh, so, so there's, that's the fake thing. Real joy isn't always, a, you know, a bubbly sort of, yay. It's a, it's a reality that God is with us, that God is for us, and that we're always going to find life pursuing Him. The psalmist said this in Psalm 16, uh, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, which means he, he's pursuing the Lord. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So the psalmist said, our life is found, joy is found as we pursue the Lord, as we, as we keep our eyes on Him, as we keep walking in Him in this process. Now His joy does some really neat things for us along the way. Point number two is this, is that His joy gets us through the hard times. His joy gets us through the hard times. Now here's an interesting verse, John 16, 21 and 22. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Now I think that's a fascinating verse. However, I don't feel like I'm qualified on really expanding this particular scripture because I'm not an expert on giving birth. So I have asked my lovely bride, Alice, to come and help me with this point. So Alice, would you please come up and would you uh, talk about this? Thank you. You're welcome. Such a blessing to get to share with you on Mother's Day. Although I don't think I'm an expert at childbirth, I only went through it twice. But uh, he asked me to do this, and I thought it would be, be fun. The first thing I want to tell you is that childbirth is painful. <laughs> no matter how you go through it, naturally, Lamaze, it's painful. 
Some of us took Lamaze classes, right? Did you take Lamaze? I did. Some of us got kicked out of Lamaze class. He'll, yeah. He'll tell you about that later. Honey, I can't set my notes. Where's your timer? You told me I had to be comfortable. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. But I just wanted to talk about Lamaze for a minute and bear with me because when you're giving birth to a child, they tell you to go <laughs> and to focus, you know, it's something on the wall. And it doesn't lessen the pain, but it takes your focus off of it. It's like you're tricking yourself into getting through it. And I think that that's kind of what the Lord meant when he was saying, you're going to get through the pain because of the promise of new life. And I like that analogy in John 16, 21 and 22. Because he's using childbirth to say, we're all going to have pain. And it's going to be sometimes excruciating, whether it's physical or emotional, whether it's past pain or present pain. And I think that what we need to do in the midst of that is to switch our focus. And I want to just highlight for a minute the difference in focuses, if your focus is on the pain or on the promise. And if, you're, if, you're, if your focus is on, on the pain in your life, whether it's past or present or now, if, that's, if you just can't get beyond that, you're going to feel overwhelmed and defeated, and you're going to be depressed. It's a, hard one. it's a hard one to overcome. But if you're focused on the promise, we are people of promise. God's promises to us are real. If you can focus on that, not saying that the pain didn't happen or that the pain isn't there, because it is, but if you focus on him, your life will be so much more rewarding. And maybe in the midst of all of that, because of what you went through, you can help someone else go through with it. And I wanted um, to take this time to share something just a little bit personal. And I think they have a picture for me, hopefully. Otherwise, this isn't going to go well. Okay, I see someone running. <laughs> Hi, Doug. <laughs> This is my Sarah. She was four years old, and she got baptized at Sharp's Point, too. And she did it after church on Sunday. She's got her, her church dress on. And I, she's like, Mommy, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. And my first thought was, well, it's Sharp's Point, and you've got a dress on. But okay, yes, go ahead. And so her daddy baptized her that day. That's, that's a really good, precious memory for me. And now look at that boy. Do you know who that is? Look at that face. That's my son, Douglas. And he got baptized at one of the very first beach barbecue baptisms we ever had. That's a Spider-Man shirt, and his son, Stevie, has a Spider-Man shirt now. It's very cute. But I can assure you that on those days and on Mother's Day, my focus was not on the pain because the goodness of the Lord was passing before my eyes. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. So, how do you get kicked out of a Lamaze class? Well, I'd like to just say quickly about that. Um, it wasn't my first Lamaze class. It was actually the second one with the second baby. The first one I did and sat there. So the second one. Uh, but here's what happened. We're at Lamaze class for, for baby number two. And... Um, they, they had passed out some pamphlets, and unfortunately, they, they had decided to illustrate the process with stick figures. 
And for whatever reason, I looked at these stick figures of this process of childbirth, and it struck me as funny. And, and I leaned over to my wife, and I said, look at this. And then I think I said something like, I think I've seen better art on bathroom walls. And she began to lose it, and we started to laugh. And literally, we couldn't. Have you ever had one of those moments where you can't pull it together once you start? We lost it completely, and we actually had to just get up and leave, and we never went back. So uh, we had to remember it from the time before, but, but we completely lost it. So, uh, so that sort of happens in the process. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I, I just think that whole picture again of focusing in on Jesus and, and, and not on the, on, on the mess. And, and that says it'll keep us from growing weary and losing heart. And that's part of the process that we go through. So joy is found um, by focusing on the promise and not on the pain. Now along with that, point three, his joy helps us in living by doing the next right thing. And here's how I believe this ties together. Sin is not doing the next right thing. Let's just define sin that way, all right? Sin, not doing the next right thing, only has power because of the false promises it makes. Follow me on this. We sin because we buy into the lie that the false promise of sin will make us happier. That's, that's why we do that. It's a lie. It's a false promise, but we accept it as being a, a true promise when it's not. It's a false promise. Uh, people, I don't think, go out duty-bound to sin. They, they, I, and especially, you know, as, as believers, we definitely want to do the next right thing. But we will, we will slip back into this process and buy into the lie, uh, and, and that causes us not to do the next right thing. And so the only way to consistently do the next right thing is with the power of a real promise. Let me, let me give you a quick example. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Look at this verse. Uh, it says this, um, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, now look at that verse because I want you to see. See, what that verse does, what the promise there is, is that, that in, in this process we're freed from the false promise that money fixes everything. That's what our culture believes, and, and it's easy to slip into that. If you got money fixes the whole deal, and that's why so much of our culture is consumed by the pursuit of money above all else. Money, money, money. Um, but we're freed from that because that's a false promise. Because if you ever meet people, you still find people even with all the... You ever you read about it and you wonder how people with all that money can be so messed up. You ever you read and you look in the tablet and you think, how, how they have all this money? Why are they so messed up? Because money doesn't fix it. Um, what, 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 the truth, the, what we need to understand there is that where we find life is by finding contentment in the Lord. And that contentment is rooted in this promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. And so contentment is rooted in that promise. And, and understanding that then frees us from the false promise that money fixes everything. It allows us to begin to change the way we move through life. And, and that's the whole process of living by trying to do the next right thing. Last week I, I, I gave a name to that. I called it sanctification. The process of being changed by the Spirit. Um, and, and the process is made possible 
by the incredible power of the real promises of God. See, His way is always better than our way. His way is better than the world's way. And that's where we find life. That's what makes it us, you know, by His power then to begin to move in the right direction instead of always falling for the lies, the things that, we, the lies, the things that we've always done that haven't worked. Because, you know, we're, we, we, we understand there's something in us that wants to experience joy and we'll go after it and we'll settle for something far less. Sort of a momentary happy thing that's not real instead of, you know, keeping focused and moving on. And so we have to understand that process, that it's His joy, that pursuit of Him that helps us stay focused in living by doing the next right thing. His joy, also point four, helps us to love well. It helps us to love well. Throughout this series, I've been talking about the importance of loving well. And, and love is the overflow of joy in the Lord that helps us to break free from selfishness and move towards selflessness. See, all this begins to get tied together. You're never really going to love well until you are sort of settled in your pursuit of Him and know that life is found in Him and that He's got you no matter what and He's never going to leave you or forsake you and, and we, we sort of press in on Him. As that becomes our reality, then, then we really start to break free from being consumed by us and, and we can actually begin to look at life the way that He wants us to live life. Um, in this, uh, in Acts 20, 35, it says this, In everything I did... I showed you by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. See, that that's only comes from this, this process of change in our lives. And, and it comes as we, we sort of understand that joy is found in him. And to pursue that joy in him, not in other things, but in him. Like the psalmist said, we're going to keep him ever before us. We're going to fix our eyes in Jesus, on Jesus, the way, you know, the, the writer of Hebrews said. And, and so we need to find our joy in the Lord. Focus on the promise and not on the pain, as Alice said. That's, that's a big part of this because in the difficult times, we need to focus on the promise. Um, his promises, His real promises will help us to live by doing the next right thing. And as we move into that, we really will begin to love well and extravagantly like we've talked about. How all this works together to, to move in us to begin to live the kind of lives that God has called us to live. And, and um, you know, that's an important part of life. So I, I, my hope and my prayer this Mother's Day is that for everyone, you know, all the moms, but, but everybody else too, all the nurturers, all the parents, everybody together, that, that uh, no matter where you are in your journey and, and in your situation, that, that you would understand the amazing love of God for you, that that love would flow through you and out of you to touch other people's lives, and, and that, um, you know, you would be a blessing um, in the world around you by loving well. Alice and I thought we'd share one other picture. This is the, it's one of the focuses of our love at the moment. Can you get that last picture up there? Is that possible? There it is. Maybe now you're just parenting little babies like that. But That's our Mia. And she's looking at the door waiting for her. So, uh, some, you know, so that's our main parenting focus at the moment. And uh, it's a good thing. So anyway... Um, wherever your focus might be. Love well and, and uh, just let love's, love, the love of God flow through you as you seek after His joy and pursue Him with all that you are. Amen? Amen. All right, that's good for uh, today. If you're watching by video, we are so thankful that you're, you're watching. And uh, please come and join us when you can here. We'd love to see you soon. But have a, a great time and God bless you.